feel stuck? Tired of wrestling with shame, insecurity, and hiding your flaws? Friend, I've been there, and it's time to come out of hiding because God wants to meet you in the middle of your big hot mess. I'm Kimberly Stokes, and I'm on mission to help real women, just like you, get unstuck, meet Jesus in all the ordinary moments, and live in increased intimacy with God. Ephesians 3.20 says God can do far more than you could ever imagine. This is the Imagine More podcast, and it's time for today's show. Hello, my beautiful friend. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. My heart is bursting with some truths that I want to share with you today, and I'm just so glad you joined me for this episode, Life is Not About Me. Today we're going to talk about a relevant truth that honestly and frequently I have to remind myself that life is not about me. But before I begin, I want to touch on two quick housekeeping items. So first of all, I want to give a big thanks to those of you who've reached out recently and told me how much this podcast is blessing you or inspiring you. Honestly, that gives me a fire to keep releasing more podcasts. So if you're enjoying these podcasts, please share the Imagine More podcast on your social platforms. My heart is not to create a name for myself, but I do want to reach as many women as possible and call them just into deeper connection with Jesus so we can all live out the kingdom in every facet of our lives. So I want to ask, would you please share the Imagine More podcast on your social media accounts? The best recommendations are from you. So if you're being blessed or inspired, let your friends know so they can tune in. And if you listen on iTunes, would you please go to iTunes and leave a rating and maybe a short one-sentence recommendation? That would really be helpful. Secondly, Imagine More is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. And friend, as you know, it takes money to have a ministry, to have a website, to have a podcast, to sustain an email address, on and on. I haven't asked for donations in a couple of years, but if you enjoy the Imagine More podcast, blog posts, or free resources, I'd be honored for you to sow into this ministry. And in fact, we need you to sow into this ministry. So if you can give, you can give via Venmo. I'm at Imagine More, no spaces, and both words are capitalized. Or you can give via Cash App, and it's the dollar sign, Imagine More Ministry. All lumped together, dollar sign, Imagine More Ministry, with no spaces, and each word is capitalized. And notice for Cash App, it's ministry, not ministries. But every donation, no matter how large or small, is tax deductible. So here's my shameless plug for money. We need your donations to keep running. If you could give $10, 15 25 200 whatever, it all counts. And you'll get a tax deductible receipt for anything that you donate. Okay, we're done with housekeeping. Now it's time for today's show, Life is Not About Me. Do you have to remind yourself of this fact? Maybe you already have this lesson deep, deep down in your heart, but I still at times find myself in need of growth in this area. It's continual. Really, it's a pretty basic tenet of the Christian faith. Life is not about me, right? But in our Western culture, in our Western mindset, honestly, it's super hard for us to embrace this concept at a deep level. And think about it. Everything we're exposed to on media, television, commercials, movies, social media, it pretty much sends a message like, you deserve these expensive jeans, or you really deserve this expensive purse. This chic leather couch would really make you happy. 
Or get a bigger house or a bigger apartment. You deserve it. Or you should have fill in the blank. Then you'll be happy. I mean, think about it. We live in a selfie generation. We're consistently taking photos of who? Ourselves. And the overall subliminal message we're exposed to is you deserve to be happy and you should be happy. In other words, we're bombarded with the message, life is for me. Life is about me and my overall happiness. But if we want to live by God's word, it's quite the opposite message. In John 14, 28, in the Message Bible, Jesus said, The Father is the goal and purpose of my life. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 8, tells us to have a humble heart attitude, to put others before ourselves, to make nothing of yourself, to serve others, to be like Jesus, who humbled himself and became obedient, obedient to the point of death. Think about it. Jesus denied himself the very right to his glory. He denied himself the right to comfort, the right to rule, and the right of the heavenly realm that he was used to living in when he came to earth. Jesus actually abandoned himself to the will of the Father no matter what the cost. In his overall attitude, Jesus embraced truth, life is not about me. In his overall expectations, Jesus embraced that truth, life is not about me. In his overall responses, he embraced the truth, life is not about me. Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And that is a great verse that we love to memorize, but lately I've been kind of convicted about it. And I want so deeply to surrender to Jesus that I truly live for Christ moment by moment. I want to be so abandoned to God that I can truly, like Jesus say, the Father is the goal and very purpose of my life. One thing I frequently say to myself is, I'm so glad life isn't about me. So I say that, kind of have that self-talk, because it's a positive way to tell myself. And it helps ground my emotions from disappointment, because I'm really reminding myself, it's really all for and about Jesus. But if we're honest with ourselves, most of us want life to be easy. We want to be successful. We don't want bumps in the road. Do you realize that if that was actually how our lives shook down, that we'd never grow? If we live with an expectation that life should be, in quotes, easy, we're ultimately living with an expectation that life is about and for me, or at least it, in quotes, should be, right? Ouch, I mean, I know I'm stepping on some toes here, but it's for your ultimate good and it's for my ultimate good to expose our selfish mindset. As we embrace being a follower or a disciple of Christ, we must embrace his teaching that life really isn't about me. And it's not about you either. Which means we must count the cost of following Jesus. That we're to lay down our lives in obedience and submission. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says, If anyone will come after me, he must, number one, deny himself. Number two, take up his cross. And number three, follow me. And... A couple of weeks ago, I looked up, what do those Greek words mean? And the Greek word for deny yourself, it means to forget oneself. It's to lose sight of one's own interests. Oof, we're back, right back to the title, right? Of this podcast that life isn't about me. Dang, this goes in the face of our selfie generation, doesn't it? 
The Greek word for cross in that if anyone will come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross. The cross was an instrument of cruel capital punishment. And that's a double loop, right? We tend to glide past this when we're leading others to Christ or evangelizing or witnessing, don't we? But we can be honest with ourselves and with God, and our honesty can lead us to increased surrender. I've got an example that comes to mind of this. A few years ago, Shannon and I were ministering to a man. We were ministering deliverance, and, and this man struggled with lots of porn, lots of sexual immorality and impurity, and he really wanted to get free. But in the midst of our session, he just like said, oh, I feel like I need to tell you this. And he confessed that at times he smoked pot. And he just said, to be honest, I'm not sure I want to give that up. So we were a little thrown by that. We're just like, okay, well, we appreciate your honesty. And anyway, we just said, hey, why don't you just lay that before God in the upcoming, you know, this week? And we didn't really deal with that issue that day. We just said, hey, just get honest with God. Deal with the Lord with this issue. And I don't know, probably a week or two later, he contacted us and said that he had 100% surrendered that issue to God. And what a victory that was in his heart and in his life. Friend, God welcomes our honesty. He can do so much with an honest, transparent heart and so little with a religious mindset. He's after authentic and complete surrender and abandon. If we seriously want to follow Christ, he says we've got to deny ourselves, take up our cross, which is a heavy burden of ultimate death, and lastly, follow him. The Greek word for follow means to be in the same way with or to accompany. It's not just about feeling God's awesome presence when I am worshiping him or or getting all my needs met in the moment when when I have lack. There's an actual cost to being a follower of Jesus Christ. And I think one of the main things that has to go to the cross and die is our ego or our desire to put self first. It's a death to selfishness. It's a death to me first. It's a crucifixion of my obsession with what I want, what I desire, and what I think I deserve. Okay, you may be like, uh, this is getting personal. And I realize it's kind of painful. But friend, this is also the true gospel. Galatians 2.20 says, For I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So being crucified with Christ, it basically it's death to our pride. It's death to our ego, which is painful but necessary. It's death to our perceived rights, which is also painful but necessary. It's death to our selfishness, which is painful but necessary. I feel like it's time for us to grow up in the gospel. It's time to mature as daughters of God so we can partner with him and fully live out his kingdom. Today I want to share some practical ways to live out the notion that it's all about Jesus. Life is not about me. And the first one is to ground myself in the reality of God's word. As we do this, we can more easily see, minute by minute, we'll see life through the lens of God's heart the more we get grounded in His Word. I want to encourage you that God's Word can be planted in your heart, but that doesn't just happen. It requires you to partner with God. It requires me to partner with God and spend time in the Word. Honestly, I can't emphasize enough how important this is. 
Before I went really deep with God, His Word was already deeply planted in me from growing up in a Christian home where the Word was really valued. So I grew up ingesting, reading, and memorizing the Bible. And His Word was my foundation, and it still is my foundation. You know, Jesus modeled this for us. Think about it. When He was tempted by the enemy in the wilderness, how did Jesus respond to the devil? He spoke the word of God. Jesus didn't have an iPhone that he could pull out and try to Google what verse will best combat this temptation. He didn't have a scroll or the Pentateuch in the pocket of his robe. Jesus had God's word deeply hidden in his heart. And that's how he did battle with the enemy. And you and I are to do the same. Friend, whatever it takes, however you need to make it happen, Read the Word. I encourage you to soak in the Word. Memorize the Word of God. Ponder the Word. Claim the Word and pray the Word over yourself and your family. If you get in the Word, the Word will get in you. Wow, that's a really good word, right? I'm going to say it again if you're taking notes. If you get in the Word, the Word will get in you. Grounding ourselves in the Word of God, it's a foundational step for losing our lives in Christ. And I just want to say, girlfriend, (laughs) it's time to get over all the excuses. We're all busy. No matter what season of life you're in, you're busy. I'm busy. We're all busy, busy, busy. But if you are a follower of Christ, you need to get your butt in the Word of God. Friend, I just want you to consider this like a very loving kick in the arse. (laughs) No more excuses, right? The devil love, love, loves all the excuses that you and I make to not be in the Word. And the devil resolutely says, Amen! Every time we make an excuse to not spend time in the Word. I'm just shooting straight with you here. We need to count the cost. And if that means getting up earlier, do it. If that means spending your lunch hour reading the Word, do it. If that means not relaxing or not watching your favorite show on Netflix after you put your kids to sleep, Count the cost and get in the Word. Now, if you know me, you know this isn't a performance thing. There are no jumping through hoops in our relationship with God. But this is a foundational part of basic Christianity 101. And I promise you will not regret it. It's just a part of being a follower of Christ. I think nowadays our Christian culture is so afraid to offend someone or make them feel like they have to perform But, you know, there are no hoops with God, but it's imperative that we feed on His Word. We can spend tons of time worshiping, which I love to do, but, friend, you've got to feed on His Word. If you get in the Word, then God's Word will get in you. Think about in China, where Bibles are illegal, people will share a torn page out of the Bible, and it is like a treasure to them. They will memorize the whole, like chapters, however much is on that page, because there's such a value for the Word. I'm afraid that in America, we just tend to simply take our Bibles for granted because we have such easy access to them, and so many of them are lying around in our homes. Girlfriend, think about it. Honestly, how much time do you spend reading or meditating on God's Word? I'm not trying to shame you. I just want to get practical and real, and I think God wants to highlight this today. He wants us to wake up to the power and the awareness that His Word is a gift and it's a weapon. 
we're in a spiritual battle in our daily lives, whether we realize it or not. And you don't want to go into combat without your weapon. I mean, how stupid would that be? Our family loves the movie Gladiator. And in that movie, Maximus Decimus Meridius, he would not have defeated his enemies in the arena if he'd not had his weapon. And Maximus uses this short sword called a a gladius. And that's what the Roman legionnaires were trained in, using the gladius. Basic warfare says you need to know your weapon and you need to train yourself how to use your weapon. Let's apply that to the word of God and the spiritual battle we're in day in, day out. We need to know our weapon. We need to know the word. And then we need to know how to use the word effectively. With the word of God, we can be armed and dangerous so that the enemy, when you get out of bed in the morning, he is like, oh no, she's awake. Watch out. God gives us such a powerful weapon with his word, but he's never going to force you and he's never going to force me to read it, to meditate on it, or to soak in it. It's our choice. If you struggle to read the word and connect with God through the word, I have a 14-day devotional book that's called Good Morning God, and it's just like a free download on the Imagine More website, and I'd love for you to check it out. It's a fantastic resource just to help you get in the word and then to lead you into encounters with God based on the scriptures. So if you're interested, go to imaginemoreministries.org, click on the resources page, and then you can click on um, a button to receive the 14-day devotional. So a second practical tip to embrace that life is not about me, it's all about Jesus, is to surrender my attitude. So number two, surrender my attitude. I don't know about you, but sometimes my attitude is completely selfish. Deep down, I'm thinking about me. I'm trying to live in continual conversation with the Holy Spirit as I connect with him. And he's super kind. And he's also quick to point out issues and selfishness in my attitude. Does he do that with you? He does with me, and I've asked him to speak into my life and to expose my selfish mindsets and my selfish attitudes. Our attitude has such a huge impact on every part of our life, on our expectations, our relationships, our behaviors, our overall vibe that we send out. And Philippians 2 says we're to have the same attitude that Jesus had. And I don't know about you, but I need divine assistance in that area. And that's where spending time in the Word and having conversations with the Holy Spirit are both so essential. In order to live out the kingdom of God in our daily lives, we've got to surrender our attitude to God. And I want to share like a super practical example. It isn't very deep. It's just practical. Let's say my family is going out to dinner, which we do a lot, and we're trying to decide on a restaurant. So personally, I can be super picky when it comes to food. So it would be really easy for me to interject my own thoughts and just take over the conversation. And my family's super sweet. So they'd probably agree or be like, okay, mom, we know, whatever. But I've learned to not take over like a bull in a china closet. I'm learning in my attitude how to put others first. I think in regards to attitude, becoming a mother was probably the very best thing that ever happened to me because it helped expose deep levels of selfishness in my heart that I had no earthly idea were even present. Can you relate to me for you mothers out there? My encouragement is simply journey with Jesus and ask him to expose attitudes in your heart or mindset that need to be exposed. Don't go looking for stuff. He will convict specifically and without shame and he'll lovingly call us deeper into his heart 
ultimately we end up looking more and more like Jesus as we consistently surrender to him. So the first practical way to live from the reality that life is not about me, get in the word so the word can get in you. Read your Bible. Second, surrender your attitude. Number three is surrender my expectations. Our expectations can be rooted in God and in his word and what he's spoken over our lives, or our expectations can be rooted in fear and selfishness, in pride or in shame. As we learn to surrender our expectations to God, for me, sometimes my expectations aren't even realistic and God will show me that. Sometimes they're selfish and he convicts me of that. Sometimes they're not even in alignment with him at all. So simply inviting God into our expectations and surrendering them to to him completely allows him the freedom to put things into alignment or expose ideas or attitudes that don't release his heart. The fourth and final area we're going to touch on today is to partner with God in my responses. First of all, in my emotional response. I have a quote that I say, if you don't intentionally lead your emotions, your emotions will unintentionally lead you. So practice partnering with God in your emotions. Just practice submitting your emotional responses to God. You'll be amazed at the fruit that will reap. And then secondly, partnering with God in my behavioral responses. So I've got an example here in my marriage. When I'm angry whether it's with my husband, my kids, anybody, I really try to submit my emotions to Jesus and invite him in so I can partner with him emotionally and behaviorally in how I express my anger. So disclaimer, God will definitely expose your selfishness as you do this. And we need him to do that, right? Yeah, sometimes it hurts to see how selfish I am, but I can't grow beyond that or let go of it until God lovingly exposes it. So there's no need for shame when he convicts me of my selfishness. It's not like I bash myself. Oh, I'm such a selfish, no good person. No, just authentically be like, oh my gosh, God, you're so right. Will you forgive me? I'm sorry. And invite him into that place. Confess your selfishness. Sometimes for me, it looks like, Jesus, I don't even know how to pray or what to do here. I just invite you to lead me and have your way. I surrender all of me to all of you. I mean, it's that simple. It's just an honest, help me God. I don't even know how to go from here, but I just surrender to you. So many times we just need God's help to navigate through our own emotions. Like the other day, I was so frustrated and angry with my husband. And it wasn't a conflict. It was just a frustration with a part of who he is. You know, I'm still, honestly, I'm still learning and growing in that it's not my job to help or to change him, right? But obviously some issues definitely need to be dealt with as a couple and we need to confront issues. That's healthy. But there are some areas like this one that I've just got to deal with because it's the way he is. So it may sound silly, but it is a practical real life example that in the spring and summer, it happens a lot and I have to deal with it. So 
Shannon, my husband, doesn't really care about the flower beds. It's just not a priority on his list of priorities. Now, I don't understand this because it really, really matters to me. But it doesn't matter so much to him. So in this area, I'm slowly, 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 but surely learning. If I want the weeds pulled in the flower bed, I can ask him to help. I can nag him or I can get off my butt and just go out and do it myself. And many times I will say if he's home, he'll come out there and help me. But he's not normally going to initiate this activity on his own because it's just not one of his top priorities. And the same is true with making the bed. Okay, it's just not his thing. So there's this quote from, if you know the BBC version of the movie Pride and Prejudice, when I think it's um, Charlotte, Elizabeth's friend, says, there will always be mild vexation in marriage. Well, that is really true. And we've got to learn to navigate through that vexation. And God will help expose our motives. God can help expose our hearts. God can help us navigate through our negative emotions. And we can do so in love as we surrender to his spirit. God truly, truly wants to meet us in the middle of our real lives, including every mess. Whether it's a business issue, a relational issue, internal turmoil, emotional, hormonal, whatever it is, we can partner with God in the midst of each and every messy area of our lives, not just our quiet time. There are always deeper levels of maturity in Christ, and we can continually grow as we increasingly lean into Jesus each step of the way. So to recap, some action steps to combat the mindset that life is about me or for me. I just shared four practical things today. Number one, read your Bible. Get in the Word so the Word can get into you. Number two, surrender my attitude. Number three, continually surrender my expectations. Number four, practice partnering with God in my emotional and behavioral responses. Well, my friend, that's a wrap for today. When things don't go our way, let's say to ourselves, I'm so glad life isn't about me. It's all about and for you, Jesus. And also a reminder, if you want to sew in to Imagine More, please do so. You can go to Venmo. It's at Imagine More, no spaces, and both words are capitalized. Or on Cash App, dollar sign, Imagine More Ministry all lumped together, dollar sign, imagine more ministry, no spaces, and each word is capitalized. I'd truly be honored for you to sow into this ministry. But in closing, I hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired by today's episode. And friend, please remember, I'm for you, I believe in you, and more importantly, God is for you, and he believes in you. He's with you, you are not alone. May we lean into his presence continually today, and release the fragrance of Jesus to everyone we encounter. Until next time. Friend, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it on your social accounts because we want to reach and bless as many women as possible. You can find me on Instagram at Kimberly K. Stokes. And be sure to check out our blog and online resources at imaginemoreministries.org. We're developing new resources to help you thrive on your journey with Jesus.